Hi, hello. Yeah, I can see you. I can hear you. I'm excited to talk with you today. What a beautiful place to be where you are right now. It is. It, it definitely is, yes. So you've been informed where I am? Well, I know you're not here in the States because that, look at that sunshine you've got compared. Oh, my God, and that beautiful. Look at all those windows. I would be going crazy as a daily writer in there. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, it's in a small island called Kalimnos. Um, it, it's in Greece, just next to the Turkish border. Wow. Wow. What a gorgeous part of the world. Is that where you find most of your inspiration when it comes to creativity? Nope. Uh, here I just go for rock climbing. Uh, but it's also, it's um, it's a perfect place for riding because there's really nothing happening here. It's just about rock climbing. From time to time, I have uh, journalists calling and I do one or two interviews. But uh, apart from that, I, I can just focus on, on riding and climbing. Being a part of those rocks that you're climbing, I'm really into Mother Earth, the great creator. I mean, do, you've got to have a conversation with those cliffs before you jump on those things, don't you? Because you have to understand the lay of the land. Yeah, well, it's it's always interesting to um, to get to new rock because it is like you have to get to know the rock. You would think that rock is rock, but, uh, you know, you move uh, a couple of hundred meters and there's new kind of rock you know i always have to get you get to know the rock to get the feel of the rock mm-hmm. um, on my fingertips and uh there's a certain um, just like with stories there's a certain logic to uh to different kinds of uh of, of rock and you you need to learn that to get acquainted with uh with the, with the place you're on and i i love that part of of rock climbing to to you know to um to sort of get to figure out what it's all about at this new place, and and it's 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 different everywhere, um, and 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 so I I'm always a bit you know scared, mm-hmm. kind of I feel out of my element for for a while when getting to know New York, but it's but it's part of the fascination. Wow. Well, Native American spirituality says that rocks are the greatest storytellers of all time. And that's why I go and sit beside rocks so many times, because I just want to sit there and listen, because it time stands still when you're listening to a rock speak. Well, it's um, uh, maybe uh, I wouldn't get too, um, you know, uh, to to the. What's what's word in English? That's the question. English is not your first language. You are looking for the. How, how come you don't speak Norwegian? You know, I, I'll give you a perfect word here, but uh, um, I wouldn't get too new age about it. Right. Right. I guess. Right. This <laughs> is a um, but um, there is a sense of um of still not caring about who you are and what you are there for uh nature they don't give a damn you know and it's kind of scary compared to climbing indoor where you know uh the root setters has set the route for human beings nature they don't care what you're up to <laughs> they it's just there and it's and it's kind of brutal and beautiful at the same time uh, that um, you know you are just visiting 
uh, it's it's their rules, not your rules. Yeah. And um, if you die there in the rocks or in the mountains, they don't care about that either. And that is in a sort of perverted way that is that is comforting. Mm-hmm. It is like it makes you feel small and insignificant, but in a sort of in a good way because it means that also that your your problems your trouble your work your love life everything it's insignificant it doesn't really mean anything and um for for a small time um for a small amount of time you feel part of something bigger i guess yeah so yeah it's a little new age anyway yeah. Do you feel that way as an author as well? Because, I mean, I've, I've got books that have been published as well. And when I go into that moment of knowing that I'm going to bring forward a book, it's creating your own little world. And you almost feel like that nothing else matters but what's going to be landing on that page. Well, I, I think that as a, as a reader, I feel I'm a visitor. Yes. Um, but as, as a writer, I'm the host. So I always... I always try to explain indirectly to my readers that now you're at my turf. This is my home. Um, I, I, um, you know, it's my rules. It's my universe. You can come to visit. Uh, we, I'll serve you my food. I'll play my music. Um, and um, if you like it here, you're welcome to stay. Uh, the door is open. But if you don't like it here. Uh, I usually go somewhere else. You know, I'm sure there's another story for you out there just waiting for you. But these are my stories. Um, if you like it here, uh, I'll tell you the story. How was the Nighthouse first brought into action? Because, I mean, it always reminds me of Paul McCartney with uh, Let It Be, where he started it out with scrambled eggs and then it became Let It Be. Do you find that stories do the same thing? They have to go through an evolution. You get the original idea down and then you go in there and then you craft the story. Yeah, well, um, just like with Scramble Eggs, McCartney, he had the melody, he didn't have the words yet. Um, I had an idea, and that was um, um, two boys making a prank call from a phone booth um, set somewhere in the 80s or early 90s. Um, and um, it's uh, the wrong prank call. Uh, they are calling the wrong guy or woman we don't know yet uh, but um, the boy making the prank call is then slowly eaten or or, or rather stuck in um, in the receiving end of the telephone and he totally disappears it was just that idea and I realized that okay this is kind of funny um, so I came up with uh, with a title for what was first a short story called The Meat Eating Telephone. <laughs> but then I realized that uh, this is a this is a novel. Um, and so it became um, the novel The Night House. Um, but it's still uh, The Meat Eating Telephone there is in the story quite early on in the novel. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I was one of those teenagers. I used to do that at that phone booth. And today I feel guilty as hell about it. But I mean, I was one of those teenagers. Yeah, you should have been sucked in in the receiving <laughs> Was it done on purpose to release this book during the Halloween season? Because we're in the mood to be spooked. We are in the mood to get so deep into a storyline that we do have those shivers of fear. Yeah, well, I 
I'm I'm sure that my American publisher uh, Knopf. Um, it's no coincidence uh, they published it in Halloween. Um, here in Norway, it was published um, in the spring. Uh, we don't have Halloween. Well, we we sort of started having Halloween. Uh, that's the uh, uh, you know American influence on uh, cultural life all over the world. So actually, my daughter is is now celebrating Halloween. But when I grew up, we didn't have that. Um, so, uh, but. I mean, even in the novel, you can. I, I guess you can clearly feel the American uh, influence. It is influenced by, you know, great American horror storytellers like like Stephen King, yeah. uh, and, and and also recent storytelling like Stranger Things that I I, I just loved. Um, so um, so yeah, it's uh, it it does definitely have that. Halloween feeling to it, I guess, uh, which is you know the kind of horror story um, where you combine humor and, uh, and and horror. And I love it that that you do have that humorous side to it. And I always wonder that when when authors do do that, they step into that that role where there's going to be kind of a chuckle from the reader. That that comedians always say it takes years to craft a joke, but yet an author has a way of putting the flow into that moment of connection, and then we just kind of laugh, and 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 it pulls us deeper into the storyline. It's like a relief from the from the comedy. I think um, you know, um, it's like okay, wait a minute, it's not all laughs. There's there's blood and gore and and gruesome stories too. You have to have that in the mix. So, um, but but of course the starting point for uh, for for my stories are always uh, the mystery, um, the and in this case the the, the horror and uh, you know trying to figure out what is really going on here. Um, so it's a, um, it's kind of also a who's done it story. Do you love it when the mystery is starting with you? Because I mean, or does, or do you lay it out first and then you go in there and you look for the the rhyme and the reason and say, oh, this would be a great place to start that, you know, to plant the seeds of the mystery. Hmm. And also, also the question, what is real and what is not? This is, in in that respect, it's a. It starts well within within the genre of the horror story, but then later on you realize that okay, it's also a sort of a um, a play on the genre itself, and um, um, so the book is later on you realize that. Um, it's a book about the book about the book. <laughs> that's see, that's some serious deep talking. Is that when I, when I always, always ask authors this question, did, did you ever have a wine glass moment where you know that you had your story, but after a couple of sips of wine, you take a chance in that story and, and do something that you wouldn't have done earlier. Hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm probably at the point in my writing career now that I've, I really, I mean, I always had fun writing, but it's also experimenting with um, um, what some writers maybe take a bit too seriously, um, you know, that they are feel bound by uh, and, and limited by the genre. Mm-hmm. I don't. I always feel that genres are there to 
to to to be used uh, both in a traditional way, but also with, in an in traditional way. Mm-hmm. Uh, rules are there to be broken, but I'll. I, I must say, I love the fact that there are genres and that there are rules. Uh, for me, that doesn't, I doesn't, I don't find that that it limits my creativity. Um, actually, the opposite. Are you ever challenged by those genres? Because my last book, I wanted it so desperately to be a part of the latter part of the 1960s into the 70s. And it became so tough to do the research right that it was like, okay, I'm going to switch things up and I'm going to make it a modern book about characters from the 60s and 70s. Can you repeat that question? I'm not sure. In other words, do, do genres challenge you in a way of, it's like you, you, you put your mindset into this is going to be about this particular period of time. But when you go back to do the research, it becomes so heavy and so distorted. It's like, okay, I, I, I love my storyline, but we're not going to be in that genre right now. I need, I need to find a new genre, a new, a new decade. Um, I don't know. I find that genres in 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 general uh, it, it inspires me and um if it doesn't fit the facts or the research um i i, I normally skip the research yeah. uh what i normally do is i um any research really i um, i've stopped doing research um and then use all the details of the research it's more like i I have a story and I love the story. I love the twists and the turns of the story. And then I'll I'll do research just to confirm that this is not probably what it would be like, but is it at all plausible? Yeah. Is it possible that it could have happened? And <laughs> when I do my police stories nowadays, I I I phone my contacts and I send them the what I've written and I say that do you have any objections? You know, is this at all possible? Because this is the great story. And um, sometimes they must tell me that, sorry, you have to change it. But 90% of the time they say that, okay, this is, you can go with this. And then I'm happy. I'm so glad you said it that way because yesterday on my iHeartRadio show, I was talking about how uh, the writing, I can't make it a history book. And I'm so glad that you said it the way that you did because it it backs that up. Don't make your storyline a history book. Tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I'm writing fiction, and, and I I'll use anything uh, to make the fiction better. And it uh, just so happens that very often uh, a sense of authenticity um, is good for the story. Yeah. If you have that backdrop, um, realism works very good in stories. But sometimes. Um, you have to realize that it's not about that realism. It's not about the facts. It's about the story that may be about, you know, the human condition. That is the important stuff in your story. Uh, not, uh, not the dates and the persons and the logic of the story. Um, it's, it's, it's there to help the story, not the other way around. Do you get lost into that story when you're bringing it out in a way that I, my wife and I, I have to sit down after I've written for a few hours and, and get back into a normal lifestyle. And, and she, she gives me that room where I have, to, I have to get back to 2023 and get out of that storyline. Do you go through the same kind of challenges? Um, well, I find it quite easy to uh, uh, go out and in of that room, which is your 
universe where you have your characters and your uh, mm-hmm. and your, and your stories. Um, I'm 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 the kind of person that can you know write for half an hour on a on the airport or in a cafe, and I can just switch on and off. Um, it's um, I. I know that some writers, they, I mean, they go to the grocery store and they meet the characters in the grocery yeah. store. Um, I, I don't, and I'm glad I, I don't. <laughs> are you using a writing instrument or are you using a computer when you go out in, into, into the public to write? I do. Yes, I do. And actually, you know, airports for me, it's, uh, it's actually my favorite place to, uh, to write. Um, I mean, they, they have a good coffee and uh, <laughs> um, people watching. You, you can find characters there if you want, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm actually, actually I'm, I'm I'm probably the only one in the airport when it comes up on the board that your plane is one hour delayed. I go like, yes, that's good news. <laughs> With your music background, this is going to be an awkward question, but my last two books, I put music together while writing the book. Do you write music while you're writing your stories? Because there is that vibration about your paragraphs. No, actually for me, it's those are two very different things. Wow. I, I don't know, but it's, uh, I have periods where I, where I write, um, prose and then when i write music it i'm i'm in a totally different state of mind it's it's two very different things for me i i don't know why that that's just the way it is i gotta ask you this question because i'm my real last name is bakken my family is norwegian what is it about people with this norwegian background makes us storytellers that that we really feel like we have to make that connection to the imagination and the heart I don't know. It's um, uh, I heard someone saying that it doesn't have to do with the long, dark winters yeah. where people are sitting indoors uh, around the table and there's really nothing much else to do than to tell each other stories. Um, at least I think that in in my family it, it was always a social reflex when we gathered uh, for you know, winter holidays or summer holidays to tell stories, to retell the old stories. And it's like a social reflex that when you are given a story, um, you you should contribute with a story on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, my, my, my family and all the great storytellers, they were like my writer's school, I think. Wow. So after all of this is done today, you get to go rock climbing then. I'm so jealous of you because I like being one with the earth like that. I'm just so jealous of you making those rock climbs. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's a great way to, to, um, you know, to, uh, have a break from everything yep. in your life. It's, uh, the, the, the rock makes you forget about anything else, but the next move. I love it. Where can people go to find out more about you, to give you love? And because and, and, new readers are found every single day, and I want them to embrace everything that you have shared with the world. Um, they should go to the local uh, bookstore, nice. support their uh, uh, local bookstore, and, uh, and buy a book, I think. I love it. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. You be brilliant today, okay, sir? I'll I'll do my best. Thank you. Thank you.